What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Petty Revenge. Been a little slow with the uploads lately. Just got back from Florida a few days ago, and uh, just now starting to get back into a little bit of a groove. Got a little bit of an experiment in the works. Uh, keep your eyes open on the Tales from Tech Support channel, because that's where I'm going to do it first. And there should be a new style of video coming out in the next few days. Depends on how long it takes me to edit everything, but... Uh, it goes along with the tech theme, and I think people will enjoy it. It's not quite like narrating regular stories. It's a little more historical, informational type stuff, but uh, in the same in the same style that you're used to hearing. So hopefully you guys will enjoy it. So keep an eye on the channel over there, and until uh, then, let's do some petty revenge. Towing company wouldn't take my call and then pretended they were doing me a favor by making me pay $50 to remove a boot. So I called my apartment complex so the towing company didn't get paid. What a long title. I used to live in an apartment complex where you needed a parking permit to park. When I first moved in, there was assigned parking, but that stopped a few months in. Due to a bout of bad luck, I was renting a car. I hadn't grabbed the parking permit from either of the cars that ended up in the shop, so I didn't think to grab that permit. I asked the front office if I needed to get anything for the rental car. I was told that I did not. Around this time, the parking lot was getting resurfaced, so parking enforcement was pretty lax. I'm not sure why exactly, because the resurfacing project reduced the number of available spaces to basically zero, so you'd think they'd enforce strictly against people who didn't have a permit. I ended up having the rental car for over a month, so it outlasted the resurfacing project by a couple weeks. I didn't have a problem parking the rental until after the resurfacing project finished. I woke up one morning to find a boot on the rental. There was a card on the window with the number for the towing company who had placed the boot, the fine for removal was $75. I tried calling the number on the card, but got a voicemail. This annoyed the hell out of me because they had placed the boot sometime late at night, but weren't available in the morning. I borrowed my wife's car because she didn't need to go to work that day and drove to work. On getting to work, I found that I had a text message from the towing company requesting the make and model of the car. I called back and left another message requesting a callback. They sent me another text message telling me that they only communicate via text message. I hate texting, and because I woke up to find a boot on the rental, I was already in a bad mood. I texted back, admittedly rudely, that I wouldn't text with them because they're a corporation. I had no response after a half an hour, so I text again, threatening to contact the Attorney General's office. This got their attention. After another brief back and forth, their supervisor called me. The supervisor explained why the boot was placed, as though that was not obvious to me. I explained the situation to him, and to his credit, he actually listened. I was pretty angry about the inconvenience. My drive to work at the time was about 45 minutes, and then I dumped another half hour into this interaction. But I was still calm. The supervisor offered me what he called a $50 discount, which to him meant I would pay a discounted rate of $50. This term confused me, so I asked for clarification, as a $50 discount to me meant I would have $50 taken off the cost of the removal. Asking for clarification set this guy off, because he felt as though I was arguing with him, and even accused me of twisting his words. This pissed me off far more than it should have, so I told him I wouldn't pay a cent. He told me good luck with that, and to call him when I wanted to pay the fine. I called the apartment management and explained what happened. The manager remembered me coming in and explained that he thought I'd only had the rental for a few days. He was apologetic. Then I told him that I'd been dealing with the towing company for over an hour at that point, and that the towing company had been less than cooperative in getting the boot removed. The manager was unhappy to hear that and told me he'd call me back. Five minutes later, I get a call back. The boot would be removed and I wouldn't pay anything. I had assumed the company got paid by the apartment, but the manager later told me they didn't pay anything either. Okay, I got mixed feelings on this one. I can see it from both sides. So basically, after running different types of services and things like that, I've never done towing, but 
I've seen enough towing and I know enough people that do towing to kind of have a grasp on this. First things first, the towing company is a contractor. If he came there, unless he's under contract to like stalk the parking lots or anything like that, he was called in or they were called in to remove the vehicle or boot the vehicle. That's not something that most towing companies will ride around and do anymore. They used to do that and it was pretty predatory and just not a good look all the way around. So if there was a boot on your car, chances are that company was called. Second thing is that's on the apartment complex. That's between the apartment complex and you. If that towing company was called in to do a job, they need to get paid. Seriously, they need to get paid. As far as the text message thing, that is a little weird, except for if it's a one-man show, I can sort of understand you're out on call after call after call after call, It's and it's hard to do phone calls throughout all these processes, but if you're going to take the time to sit there and text, then really, I guess a phone call wouldn't be any harder. As far as the wording, yeah, some of that's regional, you know? I mean, some of us don't speak English well enough to really communicate things that well. I would have said, listen, I'll knock 25 bucks off for you, so it's only a $50 fee, and I can be out at X time. You can't expect to have somebody there immediately to remove the boot because... You know, they're busy. They're working. Yeah, I kind of, I can kind of see it from both sides where it's, it's annoying for both sides, honestly. The towing business is a tough business when you're doing illegal parks and overextended parks and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a no win situation, but the towing company is a contractor in that case. So I, you know, you kind of got to give it to them. I guarantee you, unless somebody at the apartment complex was playing hardball and saying, well, I'll, I'll just cancel your contract. He probably got paid. And if the apartment complex did play hardball with him for that kind of crap, they're wrong. Straight up. I understand your frustration. I understand the park, the towing guy's frustration, but the apartment complex is playing games here, and that's that's not cool. Oh, well. I messed with his guitar. The scene. Mine and my ex's home, where I still lived about a year after our three-year relationship came crashing down. Wow, really? The ages, early 20s and him in his mid-30s. We used to use his hotspot for internet, and one day when he was passed out from being up all night and smoking, spending my money too, I was using his phone for the internet, which we had agreed on, when a message popped up with my name on it. So being the inquisitive little angel I am, I read what his friend had to say. A whole conversation calling me the worst names and then him planning on meeting up with other girls. We weren't together, but it gave me such an ick. I was heartbroken still and so in love with him. But the message calling me names was like a punch to my stomach. Later that day, he had a party to go to and was bringing his guitar. He's that type to turn the music down and start playing Wonderwall. Ugh. So I untuned his guitar and hit all of his guitar picks around the house. Probably only slightly inconveniencing him, but still, yeah. Update. I seem to be getting some hate for this, which is a shame as I thought this was a cool community. Just want to make something clear. I had permission to be on his phone to use his hotspot. I wasn't snooping when messages literally popped up with my name calling me every name under the sun. I was with him less than a year after we broke up. Money difficulties. Him using my money for weed and suffering depression after his friend had essayed me and it went to court. I also was sad that he was planning on meeting girls. Not angry. I just wanted to do something which I thought was petty. I didn't destroy his property. I mildly inconvenienced him for like a minute. Okay, so taking his guitar out of tune is something he can fix in literally a couple minutes. Uh, as far as the picks go, if he's been playing guitar for any length of time, he's got picks stashed everywhere. So there's no need to worry about that. And also, if he's worth anything, which I'm not, but I'm pretty sure most guitar players can make do with something. They can figure it out somehow. 
as far as you looking at his messages, if you're on there using a hotspot and you see the text pop up, most of the time, full text messages don't pop up. You can see who it's from and just maybe a little blurb of the text. You won't usually see the whole thing. So if you went digging further than that, eh, it's kind of on you. It's a private conversation. I don't know. Honestly, you being there a year after you guys broke up, him being there using your money, it, it was just a really toxic situation to begin with. And I'm sure both of you are to blame for pretty much all of it. At least that's my opinion from the sounds of things. But what do I know? Persistent window cleaners should have just left me alone. This was years ago, but another story I read reminded me of it. When I was about 14 years old, I was left at home on my own for the first time. This was a chance to prove to my parents that I was responsible enough to be left alone. Both my parents were at work. Mom was an accountant and Dad was a police officer. This is relevant. I was told not to open the door to anyone. After a few hours, there's a knock on the door. I ignore it. They keep knocking. It's clear I'm in the house as you can see someone in the living room from the front door. They keep knocking, so I open the door to get rid of them. There are two men standing there. They tell me they're window cleaners and they'll clean the windows for a fee. I said no thanks. They persist, but I still say no. I close the door and think that's the end of it. Two minutes later, they're cleaning the front windows. I go out and say I already told them I don't want the windows cleaned and I can't pay them. They're cheerful enough. Don't worry, love. We'll leave a bill. You can pay it later. I'm getting quite anxious now, so I firmly, as firmly as a scared 14-year-old can, tell them to go away. A few minutes later, I hear some noises around the back. I open the back door, which is right next to the gate to the back garden. One of them's trying to climb the fence to unlock it. Now I'm panicking. Deep down, I know they're just trying to clean the windows, but I don't like that they've ignored me and that they're so persistent. I yell at them to go away, but all I get was, don't worry, love, we do this all the time. But I have a secret weapon. I whistle and my rather large German Shepherd dog comes to my side. Usually she wouldn't bark, but she knew I wasn't happy with these guys. She goes crazy. They ask me to put the dog away. Obviously, I refuse, and they finally get the message. I'm pretty shook up, so I call my mom to tell her what happened. Mom calls Dad. Dad turns up in the marked car and talks to the window cleaners. I don't hear the conversation, but apparently it went something like this. Dad says, We've had a report that you've harassed a young girl and tried to gain access to the back garden when told not to. They said, No, mate, that's not what happened. She's making it up. So you're saying my daughter's a liar? <laughs> then the penny drops. Anyway, it turns out that the van they were driving had a flat tire and a tax had expired. So dad fined them for that. Tax or tags? Weird. That's a weird phrase for me. The tax had expired. Um, here in the U.S., it's usually either tags. Some places they call them tabs have expired. Uh, usually you pay tax on the car when you purchase it, and that's usually it. So I don't know. Anyway, it's a 14-year-old, so who knows? And it's in the U.K. So I don't know that much about the U.K. Anyway, yeah, that's very predatory business practices where, okay, you knew this person was underage, couldn't make decisions to, you know, either buy or sell anything, services or otherwise, and you went ahead and did it anyway, and we're going to leave a bill and think you were going to get paid. Yeah, try that at my house. Good luck getting paid for that. If you don't get a yes answer from an adult who owns the house or is uh, an agent, like, you know, the wife of the person that owns the house or the husband of the person that owns the house, somebody who is actually allowed to say yes to a service on that house, then uh, you're kind of screwing yourself, really. Nothing that says they got to pay you. The case of the missing vowels. This happened a long time ago in a project far, far away. I was put on an IT development project where the company I worked for was subcontracted by the lead contractor. 
We had a wonderful project manager, but because the lead contractor had executives who didn't know how to work with the end government client, things went off the rails. Of course, they blamed our much-beloved and very competent PM, so he was replaced, of course, by the least competent alternative they could find this side of Tatooine. <laughs> this guy did not know anything about IT. It was a development project. The company I worked for adhered to the philosophy that any good project manager can manage any type of project. Perhaps that's true, but he wasn't a good PM. He yelled at people, flew off the handle, and made bad assumptions based on his poor grasp of technology. He was always giving our poor IT support trouble because he couldn't use basic office tech very well, even email. I suspect he was very aware of being out of his depth and took it out on everyone, every day. I was about to start typing a short email report to send him one Friday afternoon, but I decided the better of it. He would usually run to my desk and demand explanations for things that were, to my mind, simple. Rarely were any interactions pleasant. It had been a long week, but I mistakenly clicked send and sent a blank message. Well, true to form, he ran to my desk, asking why I had sent a blank message. In that moment, I had an inspiration. I said I hadn't sent him a message. I had the presence of mind to delete the message from my sent folder when I heard him bustling towards me. So I showed him my sent folder. I suggested it was his email. He bustled off to log another ticket with IT. Thus commenced my campaign. Every Friday afternoon, I sent a blank message at exactly the same time. Everyone on the team was soon aware of it and had to stifle themselves when he would go on about his email problems at project meetings. I think a few other people would send blank messages once in a while to keep him from thinking this was solely me, and just to wind him up even more. The project was finally winding down after many months of mismanagement by the lead contractor and this PM. I had to type up another short email report. I let the rest of the team know the end game plan. When I had finished writing it up, I carefully made three copies. From one I subtracted all the vowels. From another, I removed all the consonants. I sent the vowelless one at the appointed time, followed quickly by the one sans consonants. I then deleted them from my sent folder and moved the properly formatted one into my sent. Just in time, because he made a beeline for my desk. The email you sent is gibberish. What do you mean? It makes no sense. I showed him what was in my sent. Then we went to his desk and he showed me the email with no vowels. He hadn't seen the second one with no consonants, so I watched him open it. Would you look at that? The vowels came after the consonants. Maybe something's wrong with your email, or you have a virus separating them? On cue, he opens a panic ticket. I went back to my desk. A little while later, the woman who ran our team's IT support walked up to my desk and punched me in the shoulder. Ow, what was that for? That was very funny. Don't do it again. Apparently, the story of the virus that disemboweled, <laughs> disemboweled the project manager still circulates at the company many years after I left. <laughs> disemboweled. Oh my god. Having a project manager, general manager, anything like that who's very prone to being panicked and uh, high-strung like that, yeah. Supervision and management is not in their blood. That's not the type of job they need because they can't calmly and rationally think through anything. Even if you don't know the answers, okay, you go to the person to find out, but if you're always going in a panic, they're going to start screwing with you after a while. And if you're kind of a douche about it, they're going to screw with you even more. Like, definitely screw with you. Oh, well. I aspire to maintain this level of petty through life. Many years ago, you're about to get an idea of just how many, I, female then near 20, had a boyfriend, male then 28, who broke big plans for a trip together at the last minute. Instead, he went out with two women he had known for years and brought condoms with him. The day he left, he also broke up with me, and even though he said I didn't have to move out right away, I most definitely spent that weekend removing every trace of myself from our apartment. In that process, I found some VHS home videos and a video camera. I definitely watched them. 
They were definitely of his ex-girlfriends, including me, and they definitely didn't know they were being filmed. Grainy 90s homemade P-word. Plenty of it. I was already angry, but this put me over. I wasn't going to just throw them away. Instead, I took a safety pin and perforated every one of those tapes until they were useless. Just imagining him getting out the Vaseline. How a man his age had never heard of lube is beyond me. And settling in for a nice wank to his old flames only to find tape after tape was ruined. Gave me glee. When I put the closet back to how it was, I had another grand idea. I took the seam ripper out of my sewing kit and cut all but one thread on the button of every single pair of work pants he owned. Enough to stay attached and look normal at a glance, but not enough to survive being buttoned. Every pair he could have conceivably worn to work, I snipped the threads. The fallout from that was not something I had to imagine. He came home from the trip and asked me to meet him at his apartment. Wanted to get back together, of course. Me being dumb and 19, I ended up staying the night. Listening to him in the closet trying on pair after pair while frustration and cussing kept rising was beautiful. I was getting dressed to leave myself, so by the time he realized it was intentional, I was about to walk out the door. Bright red and blubbery faced, yelling things about what's he supposed to wear to work while I laughed out the door is a joy I carry in my heart every day. Sadly, or luckily, I've yet to run into a person who did such a great job of inspiring me, so I think this was my peak. Oh dear god. First of all, stop putting your stuff on film, guys. Film. On video. Don't video record yourself doing things like that. And for god's sake, if you're going to do that, share it with your partner. Tell them what you're going to do. Ask them. Because I guarantee you, most people are going to be very unhappy about that. And that's a good way to get sued and arrested. Uh, not necessarily in that order. Yeah, just disturbing. Let's let's not do that, guys. Or girls. Alright guys, thanks for sharing a little bit of your day with me today. I hope you've enjoyed these stories, and if you did, you know what to do. Until the next one, we'll see you.